But, you know, people have been providing meals for her. People have been praying for her. People have been going to see her, sitting with her. You know, it's just been a short time, and her husband, uh, Ed, went to be with the Lord. And so she's going through that process. So not only did she have to say goodbye to her husband, but now she's dealing with cancer. But can I just say this? You people are awesome. This church is awesome because you guys are there for her. You're loving her and encouraging her and providing meals and, and just showing up. And that's really, you know, you know, when we think about this, what we're teaching, what we're preaching, what we're talking about, love, you know, it's, it's not just a word that we say. And so let's go to 1 Corinthians 13. It's just not a word that we say, but it's, it's demonstrated. We're going to talk more about that this morning. And so in 1 Corinthians 13, Notice what the Bible says. We have it for you if you need help. He says this. Paul says, If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and I can understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so that as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have and I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Now, this is what we've been studying for a number of weeks. What does love look like? What does it really mean to love? What does love look like? Love is not just some word that we throw out there. Love is not just a feeling. Love is not just an emotion. Love is not just some type of romance or say, you know, oh, I love you. You know, that, that, that saying, I'm not trying to be mean, that saying oftentimes, I love you is so cheap. Because he says, this is what love is. Love is patient. And it's kind. Love does not envy. It's not jealous, he says. Or it doesn't boast. It doesn't brag. It's not arrogant. Love is not rude. It does not insist on its own way. And it's not irritable. Or it doesn't get angry, the Bible says. You know, easily angry. And it's not resentful. It does not hold a grudge. Notice this. We're going to look at this passage this morning. It does not rejoice at wrongdoings, but rejoices with the truth. Listen to these words, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love bears all things, believes all things, and hopes for all things. Let's pray. Lord, I pray you'd bless your word. We pray you continue to heal Maggie's body. Uh, Lord, we know what the doctors have said, that she has little or no time left. Lord, we know that she's stopped all treatments, but she has not stopped praying, and we have not stopped praying. And so, Father, Lord, I pray you continue to put your hand upon her and heal her. Lord, whatever days left, I pray that they are great days, awesome days. Thank you for her courage to be willing to step out and to... Proclaim her faith and trust in you, that you are an awesome God, that you are an awesome God, and that with you all things are possible. And so, Father, Lord, we pray you just give her many more days to honor and glorify you and to point people to you. Lord, I pray you'd bless your word. Lord, I pray that you would help us, Lord, to truly know what it means to love, to know what real love truly looks like. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. What does love really look like? You know, so many times, you know, we've said it before, but, you know, it's like 
you know, love is just a word we throw out there. Oh, I love you. I'm in love. What does love really look like? As we've been saying this and, you know, the theme and the, the, the title of this series is this. Anyone remember love is a what? Choice. Love is a choice. Love is not just a feeling. Love is not just emotion. Love is not a romance, if you will. Love is a choice. And can I tell you something? When you truly love someone, that means sometimes love is going to get messy. As a pastor, when you do marriage counseling or when people get up, and they're going to get married and they'll share vows. They'll make a covenant. They make promises. And it's interesting because one of the things is, is in richer and in poorer. Most of us know that poorer part. Amen. You know, <laughs> you know, in richer and poorer. Actually, I was talking to one of the, it was one of the wrestling dads recently. Just last week, we were at the gym and working out. And we got talking and I don't remember what it was about, but we, I know what it was. It was, uh, he was talking about how long he's married. They just had their anniversary. And he told me, I think it was like 24 years. And I said, I'm at 25. And we were like high-fiving each other. Like, we're like, yo, we did it, you know? That long, you know? I'm like, that's a long time to fight with the same woman, amen? You know? <laughs> and so we were like, you know, and, and yeah, someone really yelled amen back there. You just got hit. <laughs> Look at it. You can hit him. It's okay. Even though he's holding the baby, just hit him, all right? <laughs> 45 years, 45 years. Hey, give them a hand. Amen. That is awesome. But we were talking about that and, and he and I said, man, I said, man, it would be tough. And I'm just so thankful, you know, and I'm like, I this whole dating thing and the, and the world we live in today, it's just crazy. And, and he, he started telling me how, how he said one of his good friends, you know, is kind of, you know, back in the dating scene. And he's like, I think he's 44. And he says, the first question, he said, the guy's been on like three dates. He says, and the, the very first question they start asking is, how much money do you have? How much money do you make? And he's like, oh, man. And he said, I told him, run, run, you know. But in the vows, it says for richer or for poorer. It also says this in sickness and in health. You see, they understand that sometimes when we think about this idea of love, it's not always convenient. It's not, you know, it, 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 it's gritty. It, it, it takes work. It takes commitment. It takes a choice to choose to love someone. And that's why we said it's kind. It's not rude. And what does love really look like? What does it mean to love someone and to put yourself out there and to demonstrate love? It's not just a, a quick thing that you say, oh, I love you. Although we should say, I love you, we should be demonstrating it. The passage we're on today, he says a number of statements. He says that, that love doesn't uh, rejoice in iniquity, but it rejoiceth in truth. I only spend a few moments on this, but the idea is this. It literally means that we don't, we don't cheer at people's faults. We don't cheer, we don't rejoice when people fail or when people blow it or when people mess up. But we do cheer in truth or literally the idea of the word there means in piety or goodness. Let me just let me just make it simple to understand. Have you ever realized, have you ever thought about this bad, how well bad news travels? Doesn't bad news travel very quickly? In fact, let's just be honest. 
What really, when you, when you turn on the news, what gets everyone's attention? All the bad stuff that's happening. Am I right? That's what sells. People want to know all the, all, the, all the gossip. People want to know all that's going on, you know? Can I just remind you of something? Yeah, there's a lot of bad going on in this world. But can I tell you, there's a whole lot of good happening, too. There's a lot of good people. And there's a lot of good things happening. And there's a lot of people doing awesome things. But you won't hear about that. Hardly ever do you hear about that. But, man, one person messes up, and it's all over the place. Am I right? And the Bible says that true love, when you are in a relationship or friendship or even within a marriage, what you do is you don't cheer at their faults. You don't exploit it. You don't broadcast it. The idea is this. Literally, it's saying you don't broadcast other people's failures and their faults. And you don't cheer that on. But what you do do is you cheer on the good that they're doing. Amen. And so the idea is Paul is saying when you love someone and when you, whether it's within the church or in community or in a marriage or in a home and in a family, we don't broadcast, we don't cheer, we don't try to, if you will, you know, throw it all out there for everyone to see. He says, no, we rejoice in the good things. Look at a couple passages. Proverbs says that Solomon, the great king, the wise king, Solomon said this. I like this in Proverbs 10, verse 12. He says this, hatred stirs up strife. Isn't that what the news loves to do? Let's just be honest. What does the news do? It just wants to stir it all up. How about... You know, I love, you know what I like to do sometimes? Pop some popcorn and get on the local, like, Facebook, the Cedar City stuff, you know? And sometimes the stuff that people bring up or the stuff they talk about, I can just sit there and get popcorn and just, just have a good time. I just love reading the 482 comments, you know? <laughs> people start talking about a house for rent. Or a place for rent. And everyone's going to go through and talk about how evil everyone is and how wrong it is. And I'm like, this is really cool, you know. But the point is this. Hatred stirs up strife. But what does love do? Love covers all offenses. Love covers up a lot, doesn't it? Look at Proverbs chapter 11. Just across the page in Proverbs 11 verse 12 and 13, he says, whoever belittles his neighbor lacks sense, but a man of understanding remains silent. Whoever goes about slandering and reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy in spirit keeps a thing covered. You see, true love does not try to, to broadcast, you know, things about people. Talk about them. And exploit them and say, look, look, you see, you know. Now, don't get, take this the wrong way, but how many of you, if you've been around church, you know, there's always, there's always some people who are like, you know, I don't mean to be gossip. You know, I think you should just pray about this. And then they're going to tell you all about what someone did. How, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> right? You know? You know, but it's always, I'm just really concerned. Don't get me wrong. We should... Pray for one. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, you know, what does that look like? And it's not trying to get all the juicy details, you know, and trying to exploit it. Love does not do that. He says love 
cheers for the good. He says in truth. By the way, let me just throw this out there as well. Sometimes things that we hear and things that people say may not always be true. So be careful what you say about people. Amen? Because not everything that you hear is true. You know, especially when you're working with kids. Do you know what the coach said? You know what coach said? It's like, hmm, what? You know what pastor said? You know what the preacher said? You know, I w- I w- I've been working with youth and with kids. I, used to, I was a youth pastor a long time ago, Salem, Oregon. I was a youth pastor for a couple years. Once in a while, the teens, the parents were like, do you know what the kids said that you said? I said, I, I, will just say, I would say this. This was my rule. I'll believe half. I'll believe half of what they say about you if you believe half of what they say about me. Because you should hear the, the good stuff I get to hear about you guys. And that, they would usually back off. But did you really say that? And usually it's the context is so wrong. And so be careful what you repeat. Be careful what you say about people. And it really shouldn't be our business to be you know, tearing people down. And Love doesn't do that. And then he says this, love bears all things. Love bears all things. This is that in richer and in poorer. This is where love sometimes gets messy. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that God loves us in spite of the fact that we mess up every single day. And he still loves us. The Bible says that even though we were sinners, Christ still came and died for us. And here he says, Paul says, love bears all things. It bears all things. That it that it, it, it fights through it. It battles through the difficult times. Look at a couple passages again. Proverbs 17, 17. I want to just give you a few verses. But let's think about these words. He says in Proverbs, uh, let's go to Proverbs you have 17, 17. There it is. It says, a friend loves most of the time. No, a friend loves when it's convenient. No. A friend loves, can you say it with me, When? All times. And a brother is born for adversity. You get this idea that a friend, a true friend, you're there through thick and thin. True love is you're there through thick and thin. Richer for poorer. You know, in uh, in, in sickness and in health, you're there. You're there for each other. Friend loves at all times. You know, we talk about fair weather friends. You know, listen, a real friend, a true friend that you, you know, can I just say this as well? That if you have just a couple, if you have one or two people that you can count on and that are there for you and they're loyal, man, you are blessed. You are blessed. He says a true friend loves at all times. Love is sometimes not convenient. He says they're born for that day of adversity through the tough times. You see, love bears all things. Look at Peter says, 1 Peter 4. In 1 Peter 4, he says, above all. Look at, listen to what he says. Peter says, above all, loving one another earnestly. Some versions will say, love each other deeply. What does that look like? He says, since love, I love this, love covers a multitude of sins. Love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality one to another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. He says, serve one another. 
Love one another. But what does he say? He says, love each other deeply. Love each other earnestly. And the idea is this. He says, understand that it's gonna, there's times it's going to be difficult. Love is a choice. And sometimes you have to love through adversity. And he's, love covers a multitude of sins, faults. Literally is what it's saying. Love covers a multitude of, uh, of failures and faults. And you want to know something? I'm going to tell you something. You know why I've been able to be married for 25 years? Because my wife loves me. And because she loves me, she's willing to put up with a whole lot. And that's no joke. That's the facts. That's the truth. That's what love looks like. Love puts up with a lot. Love bears all things. For example, love bears all things. When you walk into the bathroom, men, and you can't find the sink, love bears all things. One of the healthiest things for a marriage is for you to have his and her sinks. Amen? But when you're sharing a sink... And you cannot find the sink and you cannot find anything because every and it's falling onto the floor and all of its hair products and all of this stuff. And I don't have hair. It's not fair. It's just not right. I think it's like, see, ha, you have no hair. Like my accessories are basically like shaving cream and a razor. That's about it. And a toothbrush. Those are the three essentials that I have. And a little bit of deodorant now and again. Amen? You know? So I've got like three or four little things. And they're just tucked away in a little drawer. But when I come in there, love bears all things. Because there's times there's just stuff everywhere. And when I wake up in the morning and I'm still half out. And I'm, it's falling onto the floor. It's falling everywhere. And when I look into the toilet and my five-year-old has found all of the hair care products... And I wake up in the morning half asleep to go to the bathroom and I look inside and it's just full of stuff. <laughs> Love bears all things. And they're all in there just sleeping quietly. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I shall smite you. <laughs> Love bears all things. Love covers a multitude of sins. Aren't you thankful for the greatest love ever? The love that the Lord Jesus Christ had, that he went to the cross to cover our sins. Amen? Look at Galatians 6, 1 and 2. He says this, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourselves, lest you too be tempted. Notice what he says, bear one another's burdens. Help each other, bear one another's burdens, and so fill the law of Christ. Isn't this interesting? He says to this church, he says, when people fall, when people stumble, when people sin, when people do things that are wrong, you know what the Bible says? The Bible says, cancel! I scared you, didn't I? I woke you up. Cancel! Do we not live in a cancel culture? Come on now, we live in this cancel culture. Somehow, a good person who's lived 30, 40 years doing good things, somehow they'll find something 
that they said or did 30 or 40 years ago. I'm not trying to dismiss like horrible things, but I mean, they might say one little thing 30 or 40 years ago when they were young, dumb, and stupid, okay? You know? And they made some off comment or they did some, and immediately, what does our society want to do now? Just cancel them. Just cancel them. I mean, it is such a weird culture that we live in that if someone makes one mistake, someone does one thing wrong, we're going to cancel them, done, gone, nothing else to do with them. Can I tell you something? That is not what the Bible says. It's not. In fact, the Bible tells us here we should try to restore them encourage them and help them that love covers a multitude of sins and offenses and faults and failures love covers those things and we should not listen we should not be a part of this cancel culture that as soon as someone says one thing that's it we're done they're gone i don't know about you but i don't want to be treated that way because you know what i say stupid stuff you say stupid stuff amen right you do stupid things we all do And sometimes even not thinking or maybe out of context or whatever. And immediately our culture is cut them off. They're done. Nothing else to do with them. This is not Bible. The Bible says we should try to restore them and bring them back and help them. Let me remind you of something. The church is and should always be a spiritual hospital. And so when people do stupid things and mess up and things happen. It should not be a place where they're judged. It should not be a place. Can I say this? You know what is really sad is most religion and most churches, you know what they do if someone messes up, they excommunicate them. Get rid of them. You're out. You're gone. You have to leave. No, on the contrary, if you mess up and you do something that you shouldn't do and something you're ashamed of, no, this is the place where you come so you can get forgiveness and healing. Is this, is this making sense, guys? It is sad that so many people who've grown up in and around church and grown up and hearing about God's love, but all of a sudden they make one mistake, something happens, that's it, we're done. You made us look bad, and so you need to go, you need to leave, you're gone, and they're thrown to the wayside. That is not how God works. It's the opposite. What does the Bible say? That we should help them and bring them back and restore them. Please, if you want to get out of church and go have lunch, please, somebody say amen this morning. All right, ready? One, two, three. Yes. Romans 15. Romans 15. I just want you to see this. This is all through scripture. What does the Bible say? What does God's word say? It says this, we who are strong and have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak. You see, he says, you have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good. To do what? To build him up or to build her up, to strengthen them, to encourage them. For Christ did not please himself. But as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me, Jesus said. For whatsoever was written in the former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. 
May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus. You say, how can I do this? How can I love someone when maybe they've sinned against me or they have these faults and these failures? It's by God's grace. God gives you the strength and the ability and the endurance. And can I remind you of something? Love is a what? Choice. You have to choose to keep Loving them, even when they're not lovable. You have to choose to keep loving them, even at times when it feels as though it's impossible. The Bible says that God can give you the strength and he can help you do that. Love is a choice. Love is a choice. You have to choose to bear all things. And then he says this, love believes all things. Or the idea is this, he always trusts Love believes all things, believes that all things are possible, believes that love can persevere, that love can endure. Love believes all things. Let me say it like this. Paul says love believes all things. He's not necessarily saying be gullible. But I do believe this, that the idea is this, that believe that their intentions Although maybe their actions were not right, but their intentions possibly were right. That maybe they didn't purposefully, intentionally try to hurt. They believe and they try to trust that, that give them the benefit of the doubt. Does that make sense? You know, so many people are so quick to just want to believe wrong and believe the wrong. You know what? I, and sometimes it's to my fault. I will say this. This is to my fault all the times. Sometimes I'll just try to, to just believe, just kind of believe and try to give someone the benefit of the doubt that it's not really what they meant. And by the way, a lot of times it's true. Am I right? You find out later it wasn't really necessarily what was their intention. But love believes all things. Love, some versions say always trusts. Let me also say this. I believe that true love will never give people that we love reason to doubt us. Let me just get real personal for a few minutes. Okay? Because I believe trust is the foundation of a relationship. There must be trust. Because if you can't trust that person, then it's going to be very difficult. If I can't trust this person that's tough does that make sense that's hard and so he says love believes all things or love trusts love trust in one another and so what you must do in your relationships is you must never give opportunity or reason for them to doubt you or to mistrust you does this make sense because it can be tough so for example I don't hide anything from my wife. There is no secrets. Well, once in a while, I do hide the almonds, the chocolate-covered almonds once in a while. I will admit that. Because if she finds them, they're gone. They're done. It's over. So I have to admit, I will hide that. i got to speak truth this morning. But I don't hide things. Sometimes my wife gets bored. I'll say, honey, I'm meeting with this person. I'm going here. I'm going there. This is kind of what my schedule looks like. She's like, why are you telling me? I'm like, honey, I've been doing this for 25 years. Why? Because I want you to know where I'm at and what I'm doing and who I'm with, right? I don't have any secret accounts. I don't have any secret passwords. If she wants to get on my iPad or my phone, in fact, she she knows the codes. I have to ask her, what was my code again? 
honey, what's the code for Netflix? She's like, when are you ever going to learn it? (laughs) Honey, what's our bank code? I don't know what it is. You know, what is it again? Or what's that password? She knows all that stuff. Here's the thing. I can say this. God is my witness. I have nothing to hide from my wife. And she can trust me. And you know what? I trust my wife completely. She's never given me a reason to never, ever not trust her. We are truthful, we are honest, and sometimes that is not pretty. That's the truth. I'll say, honey, does this look good to me? Or honey, am I starting to gain weight? Well, you are kind of getting a little belly. <laughs> she tells me the truth. I remember years ago, I was, went from always working, 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 and doing things, and then I was my first year as a full-time pastor in Columbia, Missouri, first year. And I was like 24 years old, and I was always just active, going, going, going. And now this is a whole new role, a whole new gig, a whole new thing. And I was a pastor, 24 years old, and I start pastoring. You know what happened? I wasn't exercising, I wasn't working, wasn't working out, wasn't, you know, doing physical labor, like, as such, you know, other than stuff around the church. But, I mean, I kind of, honestly, I let, I, I just got busy, and I... For the first time in my life, I quit working out, quit exercising. And then her brother came to visit, and he loved, we loved making Oreo milkshakes. And he loved Mountain Dew. And I don't know if you know this, but Mountain Dew is like 50% crack cocaine or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> and I got so addicted to Mountain Dew. I'm going to tell you something. That stuff is addictive. And so I would, I would have liters and two liters and two liters of this Mountain Dew, and I would start drinking my, and he left. He came for four or five days, visited. He was a basketball player, you know, active, all that. Well, he could eat Oreo milkshakes every night, and he could eat Oreos and all that. He would go burn it off. Well, I wasn't burning it off, and, and then I started drinking Mountain Dew. And so six, eight, nine months, all of a sudden, I completely transformed, and it was not in a good way. And I, I'll never forget. And, and I, would just, I would just drink this two-liter Mountain Dew, you know, and, and I would just drink it. And I would go through a whole two-liter, like, I got to pick up another one. And finally, you know, my wife was pretty silent for quite a while. And then I'll, finally it kind of hit in, in a very loving, very nurturing, very caring way. She's like, you're not the man I married. And I was like, huh? You're twice the man I married. <laughs> what? I say, what? And she says, you know what? We need to get a gift. We're going to give the gift that keeps on giving. We're going to get a treadmill, and we're going to put it right in the living room. And I had to admit, I was like, and by the way, my kids know this. My kids know, I have tried to hide and tear up every single picture from that about one year of my life. It was bad. Don't even, didn't even recognize. When some people saw it, they're like, that is not you. That is not true. I've been coaching for years. And they would say, coach, that's not you. Who is that person? It was me. And you want to know something? Love sometimes tells people what they need to hear, the truth. It doesn't always feel good, but it's what we need to hear. Amen? And so she, she challenged me. My wife did. And so I got on that treadmill, and I've been running ever since. Amen. <laughs> I would remember telling her, I have no energy. I just feel, oh, and she's like, that's because you're not, you gotta, you got to readjust. 
And all of a sudden, started exercising, eating right, and all of a sudden, I had all this energy. Now everyone thinks that I am still having crack cocaine, you know. <laughs> That's a joke. It's okay to laugh. But hope never does anything to cause mistrust in your relationships. Build that trust. No secrets. Be truthful with one another. And then he says, love hopes all things. It's always hopeful. Even when things look bad, it's always hopeful. Even when it looks as though it's bleak, love always hopes. Amen. Hopes all will turn out well. Hopes that matters can be explained or circumstances can be resolved. Hope believes all things. Hope endures all things. Amen. Hope bears, love bears all things. Love is a choice. Maybe some of you are going through difficult times right now. Maybe you're just in the stage where you have to hope. Love brings hope, amen, that things can change. Love is willing to bear all things. I love this. Love covers a multitude of sins, amen? The Lord Jesus Christ loved us in spite of us. He chose to love us. Jesus chose to love us so much that Jesus went to the cross and died for us even though we're sinners, right? Even though we mess up every day, love is a choice. Jesus is the greatest example and demonstration of what true love looks like. And love, it bears all things, amen? It believes all things. It endures all things. Love, love hopes all things. And so brothers and sisters in Christ, may we love the way that Christ loved us. And all God's people said, amen. Let's stand. Let's have a word of prayer. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word. Lord, I